Digital Marketing Radio, episode 119. Why good content is not enough and what to do about it. DigitalMarketingRadio.com Today's episode is brought to you by Aweber. Build your email list, engage your subscribers, do email the right way. I've arranged a special deal for all Digital Marketing Radio listeners, and that's a 60-day free trial with the email marketing software provider that I use, Aweber. Lock in your 60-day free trial, plus download a free guide called Getting Started with Email at aweber.com slash DMR. So just go to aweber.com slash DMR to get started today. The Big Interview with David Bain. Today I'm pleased to be joined by an experienced CMO and technology-savvy entrepreneur. Someone with a passion for digital marketing and how technology can help his clients achieve their goals. Welcome to DMR, David Shaw. Hi there, David. Thanks for having me. No problem. Yeah, thank you very much for joining me. And may I say, you've got a wonderful first name. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Likewise. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty about the surname, but no. no. <laughs> well, you can find David over at uh, davidmarkshaw.com. So, David, if I work in a business and I produce what I consider to be a great piece of content, and I do this on a weekly basis, surely, eventually, if the content's good enough, at least after a while, something is going to get some viral traction. What, what do you think? I think there's lots of people that um, that are producing um what they would and with most of us would consider to be great content. Um, I think for me personally, it's it's that second stage is producing the content is one part of the of the the process. But a lot of people are missing the, the second, what I consider most important part, and that's the distribution strategy. If it's not a case of build it and they will come any longer, um, you know, our attention is very scarce. Um, think of how many things are trying to get our attention on a daily basis from email to social media, um, email marketing from, you know, from people like ourselves. We're all fighting for, for attention. Um, so if you don't have a really good solid distribution strategy where you're really considering, you know, who are your target audience, that the content's been specifically produced for them and then really making sure you distribute that content to make sure that it gets seen i think that's that's the that's the missing part for me yeah it's really sad when you see a great piece of content published and you know that so much work and research has gone into it and it's an excellent piece and actually it's probably better than so many other pieces that end up going viral in inverted commas and it's it's, it's that distribution tra- strategy as you say um so i mean w- what are a few tips that you can offer to actually assist with the distribution of that piece of content to try and increase the chances of um, it eventually getting shared about a little bit more online. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's the same with, you know, from even from the early days of direct mail and uh, and even with email marketing today, um, it, it's all about the, the, the title. It's all about, mm. you know, uh, of getting people in in the first place. You know, I would recommend writing seven, eight, nine, maybe even 10 different titles for your piece of content, um, test them, um, uh, get feedback from people, um, and really try and work out what is the pain that you're, you know, you're trying to solve in your piece of content. What's the objective of your piece of content? Who is that target audience? And what's going what's gonna to really compel them to click on that link or to click on that tweets or that Facebook post. Um, as you know, you know, even with you know Facebook, you know, and promoted messages and even the same with Twitter, you know, any company can get into your stream now. You know, the, the permission is is anyone who's prepared to pay now. And it's it's making that content and that title really compelling. Um, so I'd really concentrate on, you know, spend considerable amount of time, you know, on that 
on your title uh, and making sure that you test it and make sure that it's it's going to drag people in. It's got to be something that's so valuable that they normally would think the sort of thing they would pay for. That's the kind of content that gets clicked on. That's intriguing that you're, um, the first thing you said was title there. Uh, it, it actually reminded me of um, a pay-per-click ad that um, Tim, Tim Ferriss actually tested because he came mm. up with the, the, the title of the 4-Hour Workweek by testing paid ads. And apparently the 4-Hour Workweek um, over, overperformed um, the rest of them by so many fold. It was just, just incredible. So, I mean, do you ever use pay, paid ads to actually test titles as well? Uh, occasionally um and it's sort of thing to start off depending on sort of the the type of content that it is this is something you know like maybe an ebook or you know uh, a piece of evergreen content something you've really put considerable time and effort into it then yes i I would do so um as opposed to maybe some of your more regular blog posts just give them some thoughts you know just really get an understanding of um is this something you're likely to see i always talk about this um idea that Every day in the morning, and this is rightly or wrongly, David, um, we the first thing we pick up is is our mobile phone. First thing we touch mm. is our mobile phone, yeah. uh, and and what we do is we quickly go into your email and we do this sort of pre session swiping where we sort of deleting all the rubbish from our inbox that we don't really think that's not important we don't we can't be bothered with it. it's not to, and we just want to so when we get to the office or you get to your your, your home desk your office and you go then you're left with the emails that you want to deal with um does that sort of ring a bell um uh, it doesn't ring a bell deleting anything unfortunately i'm the kind of person that uh treats my inbox as just something that i search for and um <laughs> I, I, I think th- things go down and then I ignore them. <laughs> no, 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 I understand. But a little bit, they're sort of getting rid of sort of the clutter about what they're going to deal with. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's, uh, I've got, you know, a lot of people sort of often nodding their head if I'm doing public speaking, I'm going to talk about this, this pre-deleting in the morning. Um, and the idea is you've got to survive that color. If your email, that's the other, you know, that's the other sort of thing is when are you delivering your, 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 your email with your content on mm. there? Um, you know, and or you know, when are you posting it onto social media or into LinkedIn groups or however you're distributing it and where you're distributing it? Um, you know, the timing is is critical, the title is critical, and you've got to survive that cull. That you know, and you've done the same with Twitter. You know, you're scrolling down, or even with Facebook. Um, all of the sort of social media are now based on these timeline based and you're just you're just scrolling through looking for something to catch your eye and catch your attention and you're competing with not just your competitors but you're, you're competing with friends and family and the Kardashians and anything else <laughs> that your content has got to be more compelling than uh, and it's got to be more, something they're more likely to click on. You, you had a, an, an excellent tip there hidden away um, what you were saying um, with regards to email marketing actually delivering that email at the right time. Um, so it, it makes a massive difference obviously if you test it at the right time but the timeline isn't the same internationally and of course um, with your email provider, you can probably actually set your email to get delivered at 10 a.m. on a Thursday in any country um, that your subscriber happens to be in. And then that can be make an incredible night and day difference in terms of de- deliverability and the quantity of people who actually click in action um, upon whatever you're talking about in your email. Absolutely. I think it's, it's a really important point. You know, I didn't even since of um, Chris Brogan's um, Sunday morning newsletter and how he's got, you know, some exceptional open rates because he's realizing that people are less likely to delete. And, you know, on a very an early on a Sunday morning, they're more likely to 
hey, I'll, I'll give this, you know, five minutes and see if there's some, there's some, you know, some nuggets in here mm. of usefulness. Uh, and so it's just some very, but really think about your audience, you know, who are they? What are they up to? What are you competing? What are the elements you're up against in order to get your content consumed? So one other thing I was thinking about is when you were talking about testing as many different titles as possible is SEO. Now, do you try and include a target keyword phrase for SEO purposes if the piece of content is going to be published as a blog post or an article on your website? Do you try and at least incorporate that keyword phrase or is that not something that is your primary focus at all? Um, I think it's got to be it's got to be considered. Um, I think SEO is one of those things that I have a bit of a love hate relationship <laughs> with. Um, you know, the, the idea of trying to you know control something that is completely out of our control is, is one thing. But I think you've got to you've certainly got to consider it, um, and it's something you've got to uh, you, you've again got to test. And obviously, there are some impacts of of having keywords in the title, um, and particularly that first paragraph as well. You know, and, and, and how compelling that content is, and the keywords in there. You know, what is those that, that opening paragraph in your content? You know, is is what's going to make or break it. You've got a split second and particularly from an seo perspective in a ranking perspective that little first piece that's appearing those first few lines in in the search um results you've, you've got to again just be aware of how your content is is being delivered and it's being it's being viewed by your consumer so i would say yes certainly consider it um and, and be aware of it and there's again depending on sort of what sort of uh, cms platform you're using there are certainly you know lots of tools that can help you make sure that you, you get that under control yeah and um i was actually listening to one of um, pat flynn's um, podcast episodes quite recently and he was talking about um the posts on his blog that had been the most popular over the last year and i think the top two began with how to so so is, is how-to um, that great a thing to actually begin your content title with? Absolutely. I mean, I'm a big fan of, of Marcus Sheridan. Um, I don't know if you're ever him, uh, The Sales Lion. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. He's um, um, friends with Chris Marr, a, a podcaster from um, Scotland. And uh, Marcus um, Sheridan is um, speaking at his event, actually, um, in September in, in, in Scotland. He is his first time of the, in the United Kingdom, yeah. actually. Um, unfortunately, I can't be there, which is a real shame. But Marcus has got this um, excellent philosophy of uh, they ask, you answer. Um, and so the idea is every single question you've ever been asked by a prospector or a customer it is a piece of content that needs to be produced. Um, and if you think about how people are using search engines today, we're asking questions. That's what we're typing into Google. We're asking questions. So if your titles are those questions, um, and obviously your content, the promise is that you're answering that question, um, then I think that's an excellent way to go about okay. producing content. And, and the actual body of the content, um, what, is there any particular length that you recommend and any particular style? Is it worthwhile having bullet lists in there, lots of images, videos? Um, is there any particular trend that's working particularly well at the moment? Um, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. So this is something I, I blogged about, sort of length um, of blog posts today, actually. Um, and uh, I would generally say, with regarding to the length of your your blog post, um, think about where your prospect is in the sales cycle. Um, so, for example, at the very beginning of a sales cycle, people are looking for quick bits of information um, to help them understand, answer questions, um, and. In particularly in video, um, I would say, you know, the people aren't really going to be committing to 
video lengths of more than two, three minutes um, at the very beginning of the sales cycle. But if you imagine if you've just booked a holiday or you've just decided you're going to buy a new car, um, at that point when the decision, if you're right at the very end of the sales process, you're prepared to consume amazing amounts of content. Mm. Into, uh, and you'll, any piece of content you can find, you'll watch it or you'll read it all. Because there, And as you go further down that sales process, you are more likely to read longer form content. Um, and, and there's no hard and fast rules. Um, you know, in some cases, long form content has, can have excellent results. Um, but I think in, particularly in a B2B environment, sort of I sort of, try and aim for sort of four, five, six hundred words on a blog post. Um, and I'm doing very much top of funnel sort of content, answering questions on digital. Um, and then longer form content for those that are looking to a, a little bit more deeper dive information. Um, but in videos, my tip there would be in the title, mention how long it is. If this is a, and you can do the same with blog posts. You can say this is a two minute read. This is a five minute read. Mm. Or this is a three minute video or a 30 second video. What it does is it just lets the person know whether this is something they're prepared to commit to because every piece of content, David, is an investment. Yeah. Whether it's video, podcast, blog post, whatever it might well be, it's an investment on behalf of the consumer. And we've got to understand that now, that this isn't something, although we're offering content for free, it's, it's an investment of time on these people. Um, and this is why, you know, the really good content, you know, they say the cream rises to the top. And so going back to your question, other things, I would also, I would put more effort in, in terms of, you know, whether it be images, you know, whether it be um, using, you know, particular types of, you know, tags and so on and making different, break it up so it's nice and readable and, and, and easy, keep that journey going. It's very easy for someone to open a blog post, see an absolute ton of text, say, oh, no, I haven't got time for this. Or the same with a video. How many times have you, have you clicked on a video and then you see it's, it's eight, nine, ten minutes? And thought, oh, no, I, I, can't, I haven't got the time now. I, I can't be bothered right now for ten minutes. Mm. Um, and so just really understand your audience uh, and what their objective is for that piece of content. And then just, again, test it. You know, is, is a long-form piece of content better or a short-form piece of content? There's no reason why you can't actually – take a long-form piece of content and turn it into too short a piece of content and see if and test that. I really like that piece of advice, actually, um, to tell them what to expect from your piece of content. Uh, it actually reminds me of um, the old piece of advice when giving speeches in public and actually tell them what you're going to tell them, then tell them, then tell them what you've told them. So you can split up your presentation like that. And you can use that advice for writing a blog, blog post, um, publishing a video. So great. Yeah, love it. So um, that's the present i reckon of um content marketing but content marketing's changed an awful lot you've had so much happen over the the, the last few years you've had um digital magazines um start uh, to come to prominence maybe about three years ago or so you've got the, the the kindle there as well um are there any other technologies come al coming along do you think that is going to significantly change content marketing in the future i think the one that we've got right now is is the whole live streaming i think that's yeah. that's really changing how um we're consuming content you know from on this sort of live um way of producing content things that are happening right now so there's no sort of production value or anything this is just literally here's what i'm experiencing it you know and share it with me um and that idea of just of pulling at your device and and hitting record is something that's that's very much changing um, the, sort of the way we're consuming content now, you know, it's it's very much on demand. We look at we, we expect things immediately, um, and 
yeah, I think I think that's definitely going to be the future. So the, the, the Periscope has really blown up. You know, I was fortunate enough to be at South by Southwest this year and sort of see the launch of Meerkat mm. and how that's going, um, and just people getting their head around that whole idea. I think it raises many questions as it does opportunities in, in terms of copyright, whether it's you know at conferences or whether it's um, you know for some recording a keynote or whether it's at a conference or a, or a football game or anything like that. You know, I think there's lots of questions to be raised about it. Um, but content is very much getting is is getting immediate um, as people you know have we have these permanently connected devices in our pockets um, and now yeah content is getting produced uh, live and I think this is that's going to fundamentally sort of change the way it's done and now we've got the bandwidth then video is something that certainly people are now expecting as well. Mm. I mean, one thing that I've noticed about content marketing is a few years ago, you used to be able to write a piece of content and um, drive a lot of traffic just based upon the written content, maybe being crawled by search engines and, and driving or organic traffic back to your site. Um, but, but now it's, I mean, social is obviously important, but now with the advent of, of more live video with Periscope, with Meerkat, as you mentioned, it seems to be absolutely essential to actually put yourself personally um, as being that person who's writing that content or broadcasting that content. Do you think uh, it is actually going to be possible to be a great content marketer, a successful content marketer in the future without putting yourself out there? What do you mean by putting yourself well, out there? With, without simply having your name, your image, and possibly a video of yourself within that piece of content? Is it going to be possible as a brand to publish a great piece of content, but it's it's by that brand, so it's not by an individual? Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, it's it's certainly possible, um, and I think as you know, there there are certainly you know, a number of brands that are you know successfully producing content, you know, without necessarily sort of named people behind it. But I think the more successful ones are the ones that do. The challenge for the brand is, you know, is is who is that person, and are they building the relationship with the audience as opposed to the brand? Um, but I think ultimately, you know, we we buy from from people. Um, mm. And we and we build those relationships with people. So I, ideally, I think number one, brands should be sort of you know embracing that you know and getting their staff. I believe in insourcing, which yeah. is sort of getting getting your staff, you know, getting them on the content train, you know, getting them producing content. I mean, I mean, everybody, not just marketers, but everyone in the organisation, um, producing content. You know, they've all got something really valuable to add. Um, and I think if you can get a, a culture of insourcing and, and content production throughout the organisation, I think that's absolutely the way forward and, uh, and a successful way of doing it um, but even as individuals I think in the future I do believe it's essential you have a personal brand and you are producing content whether it's within the organization or outside the organization producing that personal brand is 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 the way it is so I think CVs are going to uh, becoming more and more irrelevant and in actual fact very quickly you know having your own sort of personal domain and your own content and your own thought processes is, is certainly the way forward. Absolutely, I, I I completely agree with that. I I, I love the word insourcing. I, I you know big companies have lots of comp that lo lots of staff that work for them, and a lot of staff that are perhaps a little bit bored in whatever day to day activity they happen to be doing. And I'm sure there are gold mines within a lot of businesses that um, they aren't taking advantage of at the moment. And if they don't do that, they'll they'll lose the staff. But if they do do that, then these companies have the potential of being the, the massive content marketers of the future. 
they have some amazing skill how, skills and people in these companies and they've just now got to it's finding the ones that want to do this and then finding what's the right method the right medium for them to produce content whether you're going to interview them in a format like this whether you get them on camera where they just produce blog content whatever it might whatever they're comfortable with um even if they're really not comfortable putting the name to anything, interview these people. These are the people that are on the front line. Salespeople have a massive opportunity yeah. here. Um, they really, really do. People are saying, you know, the death of the salesman. And I think this is opportunity for the salesman. These are the people that got their ear to the ground. These are the ones that have got the relationship with the customers. They know what the, the challenges are, what the objections are, what they'd like to see. They've got all of this information that is all invaluable content. Uh, and they've also often, they've got the personalities and the charisma and the ability to produce fantastic content, exactly what their the customers and their prospects are looking for. Totally agree. Well. Let's segue into the second section of our discussion. So that focuses more on your thoughts on where digital marketing has been and where it's heading. So starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. What software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success? Um, I think for me, I would have to say uh, Buffer App. Mm. Um, I'm, uh, I just find it such an easy... <laughs> Um, tool for distributing content, um, just for you know, for finding useful information that's out online, whether it's on my mobile or whether it's on a desktop. You know, the ability to just share useful, valuable content with my audience. I think um, even the free version, you know, just the ability yeah. to buffer ten items across three or four different social accounts. You know, randomize them. You know, and keep your audience engaged with useful, valuable content. And it's nice to use as well. It's fun to use. Absolutely. So just so easy. And, you know, as content marketers themselves, they're, they're surely one of the leaders. They're fantastic. And here's a slightly more challenging question. What piece of software don't you use, but you've heard good things about and you intend to try at some point in the near future? Um, I definitely want to start using things that optimizely considerably mm. more um, and doing considerably more sort of uh, split testing. Uh, and that is something that um, I, I do a little bit of. And, you know, in some of the brands that I work with, you know, we've implemented things like HubSpot and Pardot. Um, and, you know, using the split testing tools within them has proved enormously valuable. Um, but for me personally, yes, yeah, something like optimizely and starting to do considering more testing um, on there. My only sort of caveat to that is if you don't have large numbers, a lot of large audience, testing might not be the best use of your time you might be better off producing or enhancing or upgrading some content but if you if you've got some good traffic then i think yeah absolutely optimizely yeah no absolutely absolutely i was um interviewed recently by alex harris for um his uh, marketing optimization podcast and um um he, he said exactly the same thing you know he's massively into split testing but unless you get the traffic to begin with what's the point in doing it you know focus on getting some traffic to your site to begin with at least you know and then absolutely you can start it yeah Lovely. Okay, well, I'll include links to your recommendations there in the, the show notes at digitalmarketingradio.com. But uh, moving on to... I wish I would have. I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? Oh, it's building an email list. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's taking too long to get started with an email list is the biggest one. Um, probably six months went by before I thought, I kept thinking, I must start building my email list. And then, um, and then just realizing how much of a fool I felt, you know, sort of how much 
visitors, you know, comments, all of this opportunity to be building, you know, great relationships uh, and to get, you know, start building the email list. It's got to be the most important thing. If you do nothing else, I think that's the thing you've got to do. Great tip. Yeah. And it's a set and forget thing as well. You know, you've just got to get a decent call to action, a reason to actually subscribe to you. And then, then once you've done that and you've got your first maybe couple of emails set up, your welcome sequence set up, then you don't have to worry about it too much after that. Absolutely. One thing I'd add to that is uh, I think a lot of people forget with their email list is just asking someone just to join my email list, join, you know, receive mm. my newsletter. It, it's not in, it's not enticing. You've got to give people a reason to why they should join it. Now, whether that's because it's for a piece of content or that's, you know, for a webinar, whatever it might be. But even if it's just a normal email, so give them a reason. So what reason is working best for you at the moment? Um, I find by sort of promising that they're going to get content early, they're going to get it before it's sort of published, okay. um, is something I do. Again, I'm doing a couple of different tests at this at the moment, um, or whether it be uh, I'm giving them away a, a particular ebook or something. Um, but I always find just the generic ones. A lot of people I find, I've got an email, so I never get any sign-ins. Um, I appreciate a lot of people, not everyone's fans of pop-ups, um, but, you know, using things like Sumo Me or the new one from Lead Pages, yeah. who's... Um, uh, that they just look fantastic. You know, they're both free tools um, and, you know, the ability to, to just give, you know, ask people the question, give them a reason, and you'll build your list. The this or that round. Well, this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions, just two rules here. Try not to think about the answer too much, and you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion. Ready to go? Okay. Email or Twitter? Twitter. Audio or video? Audio. Affiliates or display advertising? Affiliates. Facebook or Google Plus? Facebook. Online press releases or one-on-one -on -one relations? One-on-one -on -one relations. Paid search or SEO? Paid search. Email contact form or telephone number? Email contact. Website or app? Website. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Email subscriber. And local marketing or global marketing? Local marketing. Yay! That wasn't so much of a trouble. There's, there's a usually few a, contradictions, but you <laughs> a, a little bit. Yeah, I should uh, sit sit you down on a settee and let you lie down and see. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your psychological. No. <laughs> um, yeah, the, I mean, the, the first one, email or Twitter. You said Twitter. I did, and then immediately thought I should have said an email. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, 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 I, I, yeah, I just I, for some reason I was I was comparing it as as a social network for some reason, but no, no, email is what I should have said. <laughs> okay, email, and obviously email over social subscriber as well, definitely. Yes, absolutely. Email is where you can just build the best relationships. Wow. Okay, that's um, it's pretty amazing because um. For so many years, people have been focusing on on social and um, socials where it's at and where it's, it's it's cool, it's modern, it's the place to be. Periscope's the place to be, but um, it's not at the moment the place where you can build significant business, and uh, that comes from your your email, yeah. Absolutely, I know it's it maybe it's you know it's a tired technology. It's certainly a tired. It's um it's certainly harder. You know, open rates are, are certainly you know getting lower. Yeah. Um, and you know the quality's got pretty better, but email is where it's at. It's the heart behind all marketing automation nowadays, which is very modern. Mm, no, absolutely. The ten thousand dollar question. If I was to give you ten thousand dollars and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on, and how would you measure success? I would spend it on um, HubSpot, the marketing automation mm. solution. Do you, um, do you do you use that at the moment? 
Yeah, no, I've been using that in a number of brands that I've, I'm working with, yes. Right, okay. And why HubSpot over another tool? Um, I, I mean, I've tried, you know, um, Marketo and I've tried uh, Pardot. I, I'm a, I do like Pardot. I think there's some fantastic um, functionality in that. I just find with HubSpot the... Built from the ground up specifically for content marketing, it just suits the type of thing that I want to do with it. It's very much built around uh, around content, and that's what I feel is where it is, is very strong. A lot of other solutions might be built more around email and other bits built on top of that, but I just find that uh, for, for me, HubSpot just I just find produces the the, the easiest results and uh, is the most intuitive of the platforms. I haven't used um, marketing or automation tools like that extensively but I, what i find about hubspot is they do content marketing incredibly well themselves um i i have actually done their inbound certification um just out of interest and there was a couple of questions in that, that i didn't particularly agree with but uh you, you kind of know um what they're looking for in terms of i've answer. done the same certification it's very biased towards obviously their product doesn't it and so I, i'm exactly the same you know in actual fact you, you know you'd rather get the question wrong because yeah. you know <laughs> Exactly, but but it's a fantastic way of marketing themselves. It really is. Uh, if, they are the they are the ultimate case study for their own business, aren't they? Yes, yes. My number one takeaway. Well, David, you've offered a, a lot of great advice in our conversation, but what would you say is the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses? Um, I would say um, be consistent with your content production. Um, it's the idea of. Um, Good content is not enough. It's certainly not about you know not producing content. I think consistency is the key, um, and just really consider your customer, consider on the buying process, and just be as valuable, as helpful, as useful as you can, and the customers will come. Content is a tortoise. Slow and steady will win the race. Is what I'm absolutely, trying to say. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that takes us to the end of our discussion today. So, thank you so much for your time and your advice. What's the best way for audience to find out more about you and what you do? Yes, so the best place is my website, which is uh, davidmarkshaw.com. And you can find me on Twitter at davidmarkshaw. Wonderful. Okay. Thank you again, David. Thanks very much, David. And thank you, dear listener, for joining us. Um, If you like what you heard, I would really appreciate your feedback. So just go to digitalmarketingradio.com slash iTunes and please leave an honest rating or review. It would make a massive difference. And of course, it'd be fab to hear from you as well. And finally, I'm also hosting a brand new show called This Week in Organic. Uh, You'll find that over at thisweekinorganic.com. So go over there and find out more about that as well. But um, that's all for now. So until we meet again, adios. And uh, thank you again, David. Thank you.